Good morning. This is Chickie Fitzgerald, and I am the founder of the Executive Girlfriends Group. This show is sponsored by Solutions Group. And we have just a terrific show for you today, and I know so many of you have been going through uh, many of the same things that I've been going through in my life lately, and we have uh, just a a really interesting author today who's written a couple of books. Uh, Her first book that we're going to go into in a a bit of depth is called Stop Living Life Like an Emergency, and she's uh, very well qualified uh, to talk on the topic of emergency because she is an RN. And Diane, I didn't ask you how to pronounce your last name, so uh, why don't you share with us uh, sure, how to pronounce it? Okay, Uh terrific. And uh, Diane has most uh, recently written a book called 30 Days to Grace, which is really the answer uh, to all of the things that we're talking about, stop living life like an emergency. But, you know, I I asked her today to to really focus on this first book simply because I've had a lot of things going on in my life. And uh, I just got back from four days in Miami, and one of my business colleagues that I was with, the first day that we were there, she got a call that her next-door neighbor had found uh, her 20-year-old son, uh, you know, dead in bed in the morning. And then the next day, her husband sends her this picture that he's been dragged along the freeway in Dallas, Texas, by a semi who didn't even know that he had linked with the car. And, I mean, he could have uh, died, uh, the the pictures uh, from the accident were just extraordinary. And then, you know, then I find out that my mother-in-law is in, in the nursing home. So I really had to, uh, you know, just not live all those things like they were emergencies in my own life. So, Diane, why don't we start by you just telling us about yourself. We we always like to hear your background. Um, you know, authors are people and they're nurses and they're consultants and they're uh, business executives. And so we want to hear about the you before you started writing books. Well, um, thank you. Thank you, Chickie. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, I did work in the emergency room for 23 years and saw a lot of emergencies and took care of a lot of people and what I realized was that they all had a you know a, a very common denominator that that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people that end up in the emergency room are because of the thing, you know the choices that they make that, that they do or they that they don't make and whether they're ignoring risk factors or just not taking care of themselves in the simplest way like getting sleep and eating properly. Um, people end up in the emergency room not only literally but in the emergency room of life because. We're not paying enough attention to ourselves, to our own lifestyles, to how we feel, to how we think, um, just right. kind of some basic self-care. And so I, I am um, after working 23 years, and I've always been involved in health and fitness. I always, you know, I taught aerobics and kickboxing and all those, um, all those things. And I really wanted to share with people a message about, you know, stop, stop living life like an emergency because um, moment to moment we uh, we get caught up in, in never being here now. We're someplace else. We are, you know, ruminating about the past or we're agonizing about the future or we're, we're in our heads. And, and today more than ever, even though I, I wrote the book a number of years ago, I think it's more true now because we have all this instant access to information with, the, you know, the smartphones and the cell phones and the email and voicemail and all these things that keep us 
so busy and so distracted besides the rest of life, and you've just you know named some horrendous situations. Um, that is what life is. We have all these right. incidents, uh, you know, continuously that life keeps going. But if we're not here now and present to what's happening. We get caught up in it, and you said it really well earlier about, um, you know, I had to work really hard not to get caught up in in someone else's emergencies and and what somebody else is doing and going through, because especially as women, you know, we have the caretakers, we shoulder a lot of responsibility with our friends and our family, and we don't always pay a lot of attention um, to what's going on with ourselves. Exactly, exactly. And last week we uh, we interviewed Linda Ellis, who wrote the book uh, "Live Your Dash." And I don't know if you've ever heard her poem about uh, you know that that really our life is the dash between our birth date and and the date of our death. Mm-hmm. And and so we we've really been talking a lot about perspective and and what you need to do. But I I love what you brought up that people end up in the emergency room a lot of times because of things either that they've done or, you know, for my mother-in-law's case uh, this week, it's because, you know, they've got her on a zillion medications that, you know, some of which are conflicting with one another. Yeah. And so that that conflict that that happens in our life, and I know many of us have things, um, you know, where where we are living in in a way that does create that emergency. And I I spend a lot of time talking to my kids uh, about this because, um, you know, they're really the ones who are in control of of a lot of the outcomes in their lives. So talk to us a little bit about that first chapter of emergency living. And then, uh, you know, if you'll just lead us right into Chapter 2, which is for any of us who've been in emergency, the very first nurse you encounter is the triage nurse. Yes. Talk, talk yes. to us about those two things. Well, you know, emergency living is 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 all about um, doing you know the things that we all do: multitasking, doing way more way more things than we than one thing. Um, so trying to do too many things at the same time, not being here now. You know, thinking about the past and what's gone on in the past, and also agonizing about the future. It's it's about. Um, you know, putting too much on our plate so we so we run late. One more stop or do one more thing. You know, there's always one more thing on our list, um, the to do list. You know, we're losing things because it's this it's this kind of frantic, frenetic living that most of us would call our daily lives. You know, from the moment we wake up in the morning we hit the floor running with and run around with our hair on fire and never stop until we flop into bed at the end of the day exhausted and, and still often with a very busy mind thinking about all the things that we didn't get done. Right. So um the you know, that just like the triage nurse in in the emergency room you know, triages patients because someone who comes in for a, a sore throat does not have the same kind of priority as someone who comes in with chest pain, and that, that's so obvious. But right. sometimes when we're living life like an emergency, we don't we forget that everything is not now. Everything is not a priority one. And and when we're living in this kind of frantic pace, which m- most of us are today, it's hard to. It's hard to delineate. It's hard to prioritize or triage our own activities because it's just one more thing on this. Okay, I'll take care of that. Okay, I'll take care of that. Okay, oh, got a phone call. Okay, I'll do that. I'll do the. And we, um, we're, we're, you know, we're moving as fast as we can and getting farther and farther behind. And and I, I, I think you could after the week that you've had, you can probably relate to that, can't you, Chicky? 
Definitely, definitely. And, you know, I think the interesting thing is this this woman that I was with who had, you know, the two fairly uh, chronic, uh, you know, issues going on in her life, you know, clearly dealing with death and near death. Um, she is actually one of the people in my life that if I've got that emergency going on, I go to her for triage, right? And so she came down uh, meeting me for breakfast yesterday morning, and she I was about to put eggs on my plate on the buffet, and she said, put your plate down, come over here. And she said, you know, I need a really big hug. And I thought, okay. <laughs> you know, and I mean, that's not unusual. We, you know, we're very close friends. And, uh, you know, and so it was my turn to turn around and, and to be there for her and to help her, uh, you know, figure out how to sort out all of these things going on. So I, I think and, and I suspect one of the things that you talk about in this chapter is making sure that you've got that support system around you, that if you are running around like you're crazy, that there's got to be somebody because you can't triage yourself, right? Absolutely. You make a really good point. You know, when you're in it, um, you you can't see it, and and sometimes we can't even see see the you know the other side and have enough wherewithal to actually ask for help because you know as women we're used to jumping in and taking care of things we take care of things yes. before there were even you know anyone even asks we've got it done because that's just who most of us are we're caretakers and nurturers by nature and so to have um, you know strong female relationships are really important especially as we age and have to face the you know face a lot you know as we age different things happen with families and loss and change and transition and you know i i have a similar friend as well and we you know sometimes i just call i can call her and say I don't want any advice. I just want to vent. I have to scream for a few moments. Right. Just listen. Hear me out. I don't want you to fix it because often, you know, sometimes when we talk to our spouses or other males in our life, yes. they want to fix it. They want their problem solvers. They want a solution. Exactly. And there are many times that there's, you know, it can't be fixed. But we, generally speaking, as women, process by by talking about it. And yeah. so we need to talk and vent and rant and, and rave and cry and scream and yell. And, and then sometimes we need advice, and sometimes that's all we need is just, just to um, be able to, you know, yeah. get it out and vent, vent, vent it out. And sometimes we just need a hug. <laughs> and sometimes we just, no kidding, we just need a hug. Right, Absolutely. Right. So, you know, it's interesting because, again, you know, thinking about I, I've just been in the hospital too many times in the last uh, 12 weeks with uh, with various people in my life. And and so the the next thing that actually happens is the assessment. And, and again, this, it, it's, I know a lot of people are tempted to self-assess what's going on in their own lives. And and so now we're past the the initial emergency and doing looking at the things that are problematic or symptomatic, right? Yeah. Um, from the medical perspective, so talk to me about the assessment part of uh, stop living life like an emergency. What is the corollary uh, outside of the medical world? Well, it, it's interesting because everything is related. So um, just if somebody comes in and they've cut off three of their fingers, um, you know, and, and I won't get graphic, but, you know, if they've had, a, they've had an accident at work. They've had an accident at work, and, um, you know, it's not just about that, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, stop the bleeding and, um, you know, try to procure the, the, um, the extremity and call the surgeon. All those things are the emergency. But, you know, there's all things that, that led up to this. 
particular event. And I think the same thing is true in life. And not that I'm all, I'm not saying that everything you, you know, everything that happens to you is your fault. I, I'm not a believer of that. But what I find is is that you know the clients that I work with and. You know, I don't. You know, they come with me with, with you generally with one problem or one focus, and maybe it's weight, maybe it's fatigue, maybe it's menopause. I mean, it could be a lot of different things. Finances in my life coaching, and I'm and I'm just using that as an example. So we, you know, we talk about the initial reason. You know, what actually gets them there, just like what gets somebody into the emergency room. But it's not just one thing because they start talk, talking about their story, and it's not just um, that they really want to lose. Um, you know. 20 pounds. It's also that you know their the, the relationship with their with their their spouse isn't where they'd like it to be. They've got some financial issues. They've got some you know guilt. I mean, it, so it's all related. So the assessment is really about unraveling the story, and we all have one. Of course, we do, and we do all these things without even realizing it. Especially when we're living life like an emergency, because we are just when you're in that mode. And and some people, you know, and we know people that, you know, they're chronically in that mode. There's not a lot of thought. There's not a lot of, um, it's these patterns and habits that we have uh, accumulated in our life. And sometimes these patterns and habits are very, you know, help us. They help us cope. And sometimes they don't. And it's the breakdown. And, you know, usually it's a physical or some kind of an event where there, that, that really gets our attention. And, and sometimes even that event doesn't get our attention. But that's when people generally are ready to look at kind of the big picture and be assessed. I mean, people are in the emergency room. They didn't plan to come to the emergency room. But now they've got this event in their life. And that's the time that uh, hopefully they will, you know, stop and say, whoa, I am... I need to make some different decisions, and yeah. you know, I need to take some responsibility for some of these things. Maybe not directly, but indirectly, because right. you know, it's the path that we've been on. Does that does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and uh, the the next chapter is is actually called hyperventilation, which is when you you can't calmly sit and be assessed. You know, you can't get past. Uh, you know the the emergency situation. You know, again, I think about sitting sitting in the room and and getting concerned that something is really very seriously wrong, and you don't know or you don't know what the outcome uh, will be. Yes, yes, and and it, it you know when I worked in the ER, um, people come in, of course. I mean, stress levels because they're in pain. They are fearful of what's what's going on. Just as what you're saying, you don't know what's going on, and you have no control. And most of us like to have some kind of control. And you're in this foreign place with with people you don't know, who you've got to actually trust and entrust your your health and maybe your even your life to them. And so, you know, a joke in the ER is, you know, you, you never tell, you know, we, I never told a patient to relax because how are you going to possibly relax in this situation where you, you know, it, it's like probably the number one, stre- one of the number one stresses. So, but everybody could take a deep breath. So that is, and that's what I tell people now, um, whether it's, uh, you know, in the emergency room or a client or in yoga practice or my mother or a friend, is we can all take a deep breath and just that simple pause of taking a deep breath changes everything physiologically and right. psychologically right and so then the next chapter is about changing your status and uh again from from the emergency room perspective you know there's a point where you're either let go or you're put back into a room uh you know to be seen by a doctor um and and then eventually 
potentially even checked into the hospital. So your status in, in that medical environment does indeed change. So uh, talk to me a little bit about changing uh, your status and then actually getting to the next place, which is the treatment plan. Well, you know, I, you know, the the whole idea of transition, you know, life is transition. And I, I think that some of us, um, some of us resist transition and we, you know, stick our heels in the sand. And um, even though we all know intellectually that life is change and things are in constant flux and nothing ever stays the same, but, you know, when you're in it and you don't, you don't choose the changes. And, and many times, you know, we don't choose our life changes, whether it, you know, especially when we're, you know, when we're talking about what you're talking about, change of, of loss and and death and the end of things that we're not you know, particularly ready for or, or don't have any say in. And so those kinds of status changes, um, it's a lot about acceptance. Acceptance, what is? What is right now? What is right now? And um, because I think and, until we have full awareness and through the assessment, through, through support of friends and family and other professionals, that it, it's hard for us to really see the forest for the trees when we're in it. Right, right. So you have a chapter here called The Overdose, and, and that one is followed by something called The Adrenaline Junkie. So talk, talk to me about those two. Well, um, and they are they are related, as you, you, you already right. see. Uh, you know, any too much of anything it can be too much, too much of a good thing. I mean, you, you can have too much exercise. You can work too much. much. You can give too much. Um, and and I, I think, as, as especially as women, I think that we, you know, underestimate um, how long things take and overestimate our energy reserves. And so we um, we tend to overdose um ourselves and overbook ourselves and overcommit ourselves and there's a you know the whole a whole other other side of uh, our inability to say no we don't want to let people right. down and we know we can do it and um and so too much is too much and you know a lot of us need some um reining in of our uh boundaries and our ability to say no because Every time you say yes to one thing, you say no to something else. And to something else, normally, or later. <laughs> I'm sorry? Or you say later. <laughs> later, to, yes. To be pushed, pushed off. Yes, yes, exactly. And a lot of times it's sleep, it's lunch, it's just um, an exhale, some, some downtime for yourself, which we all yes. need to refuel. Definitely. And yeah, then I've been done. going through in my own life, uh, really figuring out what what I can remove because it, you know, I just kept taking on and on and on, and and it's time now to start, you know, to start removing things. Good for you. Good. And and this is the thing. So someone like you who's very talented, very energetic, successful, lots of interests. And you know you can make a difference in so many people's lives in so many ways. Um, that's all good, but it also you can you can really spread yourself very thin. And <laughs> yeah. you know when we're j- you know when you're on the edge already, um, you know almost you know almost to full capacity, then anything else that comes in, and of course it will. Any other situation, any other emergency, you know one more thing can push us right over. Right. And, <laughs> exactly. And exactly. and what happens is we get used to this. So the adrenaline mm-hmm. junkie, we actually, you know, we 
not that it's it's not good. To, we all want to live rich lives and live deeply and love deeply and care and 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 really st- you know take a stand for things that we believe in. All that is good, but it almost becomes an addiction. This um, the spinning. The revving, the um, all the activity, it, uh, and you know, I mean, I'm recovering. Obviously, I was an emergency room nurse for 23 <laughs> years. I know all about um, lots of activity and stimulation, right. and you know, we don't know any other way. So, you know, we drink more coffee, or we eat more sugar, or do whatever it is we need to do to keep us going, quote unquote. When the thing we need to do most, exactly what you're talking about, we need to stop and really assess and say, wow, what. Um, what can I let go of right now? What can I say no to right now? Because in, in the end, it actually serves everyone better in my life when I say yes to less things. Absolutely. And, you know, this week uh, I, I was with a client who's building a cruise, a new cruise portal. I've been in, in the travel industry involved in technology for the last, uh, gosh, 34 years. And... Um, you know, it's it's so interesting. Every time I finally do go on vacation, and, and cruising happens to be my favorite vacation of uh-huh. all, um, invariably, like day three, I'm finally letting down, and then I'll get sick. It's like, mm-hmm. man, I'm finally letting go. I'm finally unplugging. So, yeah, you come off of that high and, and uh, you know, just like any any junkie and any, any overdose, you know, the rebound sometimes, you know, even of being in a peaceful situation or, you know, not having, uh, you know, all of the people pulling at you. So, you know, it's interesting. The next one, um, I'm one of three girls. I'm the youngest. Um, and my oldest sister is six years older than I am. And so at age 61, uh, she followed uh, what happened with my my father, and she had a pacemaker installed at mm. 61 years old. And uh, I remember uh, the day that my dad actually died about a, a decade ago now, that the doctor uh, actually had seen what happened with his pacemaker because because they're computerized, you can see, sure. uh, you know, how many times it has to kick in, and at, like in a 24-hour period, I think his had gone off 20 times and. You know, and the doctor just said, uh, you know, Latham, would you like to see your wife this afternoon? Because she had uh, predeceased him by about nine months. And 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 my dad said yes, and they turned off his pacemaker, and he just uh, peacefully, uh, you know, went to be with God. And, and so this inserting a pacemaker has a very personal connection to my own family. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you're, what are you talking about in our lives of of that? pacing that we need to do to get ourselves off of that that treadmill and that adrenaline high and all of the things that we do when we're saying yes to everything and right. not taking time for ourselves. Yes, and, and you know what you already you already answered that, Chicky, by <laughs> by by saying no, by saying no to things. Yeah. Um, because everything is not the same does not have the same importance. Everything we do is important and I, I know that and I uh, we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't important, but it's not as important. So spending time, you know, with your, you know, your mother-in-law, um, is that as important as um, ma- keeping that coffee date with someone who wants to pick your brain about your business? And that, that's pr- that's really a no-brainer. But I I just read recently right. where someone said they had the the mama rule, and they said when someone is asking something of them, they will say. I um I never say yes to another my policy is I never say yes to another 
another engagement until I've seen my mother, and it's time for me to see my mother, and I need to, I need, I need to see her first. So, it's a simple way of thinking about right. our priorities, and it, it takes, you know, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to say no to things and get things off your plate, isn't it? Oh, it definitely is, and you know, I've got teenage kids, and uh, and I'm I'm the well i'm the primary caregiver although as we talked about before i've got uh, this wonderful person called patty in my life who <laughs> who uh you know if i can't be there you know she's the one who who goes and helps out and um you know i i, I think we do have again we talked uh, in the beginning about having that support system around us people who can look at us and say you know what you're really not looking so good and <laughs> you know that 20 pounds that you have gained you really need to start thinking about, you know, the long term and, and being there for your kids. And, you know, for my husband and I, he's in his early 60s and I'm in my mid-50s. And, you know, I don't want to follow that pattern of my older sister and my father. I want to be healthy and I want yes. to, I want, I don't want to be the one going in to the emergency room, you know, with a pain in my arm or, you know, having a TIA. Uh, my mother uh, ended up having a stroke and, you know, so uh, the next chapter actually kind of leads right into this, which is the disaster plan. And uh, I would say probably the disaster aversion plan is what we're all actually about, uh-huh. right? Yes, yes. So talk yes. to me about that. Well, and you know, what do you what do you do? What do you what resources and we've talked a little bit about this, you know, who do you call? What do you have? Um and you know, unfortunately, uh you know, a lot of times it requires us, to, you know, to get sick or to have an event um in in our lives that really you know that really gets our attention because we are pushed by pain more more than pulled by pleasure and when things are you know when we feel like we got everything handled then it, you know and we're even if we don't but we feel like we do or at least we do enough it's okay and then something happens you know an illness a, a loss uh, an event to either to ourselves or to someone in our family or to someone that we know and you certainly had those this week that that gets our attention, and you know right. that's that's the time when our you know our senses are heightened, that we could do something different, and you know and having a plan, um, it, you know just for you to say, cruising is my um, is my you know my absolute favorite vacation, and so to know that and to actually plan you know especially as entrepreneurs we don't get you know two weeks vacation <laughs> <laughs> paid or, or four weeks paid, but if right. we don't. If we don't carve that time out, to, you know, it, it another another year goes by or six months goes by. There's always yes. something to do. So that's part of the plan is is planning vacation time, planning downtime, um, mm-hmm. actually scheduling time to do something for yourself that's meaningful for you. Whatever that is, if it's an if it's an exercise class, if it's a walk, if it's um, a spa day, if it's a wine tasting. I mean, whatever it is. Scheduling that time for you that doesn't doesn't require you to do anything. You you can show up and somebody else can can help you, guide you, direct you, support you. So it isn't really work. It's not a networking event. It's not a right. you know. It, oh, absolutely. And you know what I mean. And I think a lot of the women on. Um, listening will know what I mean exactly because we, well, I, I, this way I can go to this um, this this cocktail party, get some socializing in, then I can meet someone, so I can connect up here, and it's all these things <laughs> which are which are great, but it's not rest, and you know, rest is right. really an, uh, very underrated in our culture. And I think and, you've and been we, following me around. <laughs> 
Well, um, it takes one to know one, Chicky, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, and and of course, some sometime I will say that I'm recovering, but I'm not all the way there yet. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, you move on and talk in the next chapter about universal precautions, and uh, we talked in the beginning. Uh, about people who come into the emergency room, and that there's a pattern of of people who who haven't uh, lived well uh, and haven't seen their body as a temple, and and you know really been mindful of the decisions that they make, whether it's eating or taking, you know, not enough medication, too much medication, um, you know, not being careful when they were doing something and ended up having an accident. So what are those universal precautions in our life that that can help us stop living life like an emergency? Well, and we and we've actually talked about talked about them um, already, but it's you know universal precautions that were you know instituted in the 80s were to protect everybody, to protect the um, and and it was it was because of fluids, it was body fluids to protect the patient from other patients and to protect the healthcare provider as well, and so it's for protection and universal precautions in your life is the same thing. It's for safety and security and really to protect. Um, to protect ourselves from ourselves. <laughs> so um, and so, it's about it's about boundaries, um, being able to say no. Um, and if you and if you, and, and just a, a very quick tip, which is nothing new, but we forget about it. If you can't say no, if you really have a hard time saying no, then at least say, "Let me get back to you on that." You know, let me check some things and get back to you so that we don't do the automatic, which is normally the automatic response is, sure, yeah, I could do that. Because, of course, you can. But but does it really fit in with the rest of yeah, the 177 things? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And is it meaningful and is it really the the most important thing for you to do um, in, in the moment or in the day or in the month or even the year? So the whole idea of, of saying no. Um, and, you know, the next thing that you've already mentioned is, is asking for help is – is you know really you know being being able to say I can't do this I need help with right. housework or shopping or cooking or or travel planning or or, or with my mother in law who's going to need some home care I mean whatever that is because right. you know as women we really you know we take it on we want to take yes, it on um, and, and even though we want to it's so easy for us to and before we know it we you know before we so it's it's this whole kind of planning and looking at the big picture and using these precautions that you know no, the the first answer is um I, I i let me check let me the first answer is really no or or at least not <laughs> right. now yeah right right Okay, so the and again the next one I think we've we've really talked about this how just taking a break um at at some point has to be the answer and I, I mean it's funny cuz Patty and I were talking about this the other day about the shows and I do need to take a vacation. We haven't taken a family vacation in either two or three years. I mean, we've had you know, like a day or two away here or there, but not a vacation. Yeah. And, you know, our kids are 13 and, and 15, and and it, it's time for that. It's time to make that a priority. Um, but in order to do that, I, you know, I told Patty I needed to take a break from the radio show, right? We mm-hmm. just need to go on hiatus for mm-hmm. a couple of months. And, um you know, so so taking a break, uh, again, you do have to put things aside and figure out how, you know, can they go undone is the big question. Can they just go undone or is it something like laundry or housework that, you know, it can only go undone for so long? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, 
and it's hard, you know, the, the letting go, the saying no, the letting things um, you know, go undone, especially, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you feel like it's, you know, no one's going to do it while you're gone. Um, no one, some, some things no one can do while you're gone. But I, I, and you may remember this from the last time you took a vacation two or three years ago. It is actually, I, and I say this all the time to, to clients, it's the best thing you can do for your business. And I really believe that yes. as long as, you know, you're not leaving things in crisis um, or in, in flux that you actually, you know, tie up loose ends and you take care of your clients and care of your people, which of course you will, it's the best thing you can do because you come back with such a different perspective. You're more, you're fresh and you're focused and you're energized, you know, most likely right. depending on the trip that you decide to, to take, but it's just, it's a, we all need a break. I mean, and whether we're talking about a 15 minute coffee break um, or to, to exhale and close your eyes or right. a, a break away. And as you said, if you just do a day here or a day there, it takes you three days to really unwind and unplug. Exactly. And so then that's really when your break starts is when you start, you know, refueling and resting. And, and, and sometimes you're right, the body all of a sudden it stops and says, wow, um, you've been taking care of me for a while and now I, you know, I've got this congestion or I have you know, right. these issues that, I, uh, that you have been paying attention to. It's always been there, but maybe you didn't notice it. So I, um, I really believe strongly in breaks. And, and I mean breaks where you know, I go to Costa Rica uh, once a year. I lead a retreat there and I unplug completely for, um, for mm-hmm. nine days. And I don't look at email, and I don't listen to voicemail, and my family and my assistant know, so Patty would know where you are if there's an emergency right. that they can get a hold of me. But if it's not about death or dying and that I don't need to make an immediate decision, and, and I'll tell you, um, Chicky, that is that is one of the reasons why I love Costa Rica so much, besides the beautiful, you know, the jungle and the sea and the surfing oh, and, yeah. and the wonderful. But Pura vida. <laughs> Unplug like that is 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 really amazing. Now I would yeah. say most of the people that I take that I go that um, I take with me, they can do it. There's always a couple that still have their smartphones and they got to look online every day. But it just it's it's such a, a freeing experience. And I come back to a lot of emails I have to sift through, but it's so worth it just to have that kind of space that that we right. don't have on a daily basis. Well, actually, it's funny because this summer I am uh, I, I'm hiring my 15 year old daughter. She's leaving for camp tomorrow, but when she gets back, she's going to work for me for the summer oh. and uh, earn credits toward you know buying her father's car. And <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to have her get me off of all the email lists because I can just forward the email to her and say, "Go get off this list." Yes. Because you know part of why we're so overwhelmed is because that has gone so out of control yes. for most of us and yes. and you know it's so hard to even sift through and find the things that really do need our attention yes. um you know it's funny uh chapter 13 which is the next to the last chap- chapter of the book actually is is a chapter that I would have thought I would have found earlier in the book so uh it's about the pain scale and normally when you're in triage or in that assessment period when you first get to emergency, that's when they ask about your pain on a scale mm-hmm. of one to ten. So, what about the pain scale in our lives? Well, and you know, it's uh, and thanks for that feedback. And if I if I ever redo the book, I will certainly look at that as far as getting it sooner <laughs> no, rather I than later. Sure. No, I um, was sure you put it here for a reason. I just like to I like to hear about it. <laughs> well, I you know I think. Um, 
I think that we are asleep. I think that we really are on automatic a lot, and um, the busier we are, the more automatic we are. And we know we 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 are just kind of sleep. I won't even say sleepwalking. I will say sleep running through our lives, and we don't always know about how much pain we're in, um, relative, you know, literally or figuratively, until we stop. And a lot of us are um, the reason. You know, one of the reasons why we are adrenaline junkies and moving as fast as we can and doing so much and taking it all on is because then we don't have to really stop and look at ourselves and feel. And, 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 you're, and you're right, very intuitive, of course, that that's why it's later in the book. It seems so obvious, um, you know, if you're in pain, why wouldn't you know it? But we don't know it. We do all kinds of things to avoid right. the fact that we are in pain, whether it's shopping or overworking, over-volunteering, you know, again, the whole, you know, overdosing again, we do all these things that, you know, to cope with and whatever pain it is, and maybe it's a physical pain, maybe it's an emotional pain, maybe it's a spiritual pain, it could be any pain in our lives. And right. of course, you know, pain is part of living. Uh, you know, there are sorrows and joys and everything in between, but this whole idea of this frenetic you know, living, we can, we can run, we can run, we can, and we think we can run, you know, and eventually it always catches up at some point, it always does, whether it's, we're talking about, you know, pain, pain in money or in health or in relationships or in our work, it, at some point it does catch up to us, but we can really, we can evade it for a long time. Right, right. So, once we have made it through all of this and we've figured out that we really do need to make a change and we have listened to reason from you know the the professionals and friends and coaches in our lives that are are going to help us we've figured out you know we need to really plan on taking that vacation or that break or shutting down this portion of our business or not volunteering here or not, not doing something else so you can volunteer, whatever you have to do to rearrange. So now it's time to be discharged from the hospital or from, you know, your experience at the emergency room. And with those discharge instructions comes a set of things that uh, help you to not land there again, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And some of us listen to it, and you, I'm sure you've seen throughout your nursing career people who've been in for a heart attack and, like, leave, light up a cigarette, and, yes. you know, go get a steak. Yes, <laughs> so unfortunately, yes. How do we listen to those discharge instructions? How do we remind ourselves of those? And, yeah, really good question, because what we're talking about is changing our habits, changing our MO, changing our patterns. That many that have been with us for a long time, all of our lives, and um, change is uncomfortable. Even if you know, because we like our habits, they're familiar, um, they're, they feel safe, even if they're not healthy. So um, I, I really think that you need to be clear um, and clear in what you're doing, uh, what your discharge instructions are. So clarity is always really important. It needs to be. Um, I think we need to st- start small. And not expect that you know I, I'm okay. I'm changing everything. I, I, I'm 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 getting rid of um you know th- this part my smartphone. I'm not looking at email after six o'clock. I'm going to start exercising two hours a day. I'm going to you know all these things that we that we want to do, which which of course are all great. 
But um, of course, we set ourselves up because we set ourselves up to fail if we are trying to, you know, do a three three sixty in, in every area of our life. So it's again the triaging and prioritizing is to start small. What can you do? What's you know what's one thing, one step you can do? And you just mentioned one about hiring your daughter and and having her. Um, get you off all these email lists that you can actually you know, decrease the number of your, your emails. And if right. email, so we'll just take that as an example. If email is consuming you and just you um, or anyone, um, there are certain things we can do, getting off lists, limiting your time that you spend on e- email. There's another addiction that we just, you know, oh, got to answer that, got to answer this, got to answer that, versus right. looking, you know, checking it twice a day or, or turning it off after 6 o'clock so you have family time. So starting small, and then I think that you really need um, accountability. I think, um, as you said, when we're in it, we um, we aren't so good at seeing it, and we are not always our best accountability partner to ourselves. We will be, you know, we will never let anybody else down when 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 they right. ask something of us, but we will let ourselves down. In general, as women, it's really easy to say, well. I don't need. I'm not going to take that walk today. Well, it's you know this is. I'm going to I'm going to work till eight o'clock tonight um, because this is you know we'll make excuses and rationalizations oh, yeah. and all those <laughs> things, all those games that. we play. Um, so I think we need an accountability partner, whether that is a, a you know a friend, a, a spouse, your your coach, your therapist. You know, but somebody else needs to be in the picture to keep you, um, quite frankly, to keep us honest because we're talking about some. Behavior changes, and behavior change is uncomfortable. And when we get uncomfortable, sometimes we we go back to what's most, not sometimes, always go back to what's familiar. And so right. that's what I think is really helpful is, is I think we all need accountability on some level, and some of us need it more than others. And it's it's good just to know yourself and to know that um, – and and because we're changing our story, right? We're changing, you know, oh, I, I always, you know, I always, you know, go back on my, my eating habits after I've been really good for a couple of weeks and I always go back to the same old, same old. Well, that's a story right. that you have to let go of, um, of, of previous behavior. Right, right. Well, I will tell you, this has just been a, a tonic to me. Because, oh, good. Uh, after such a, a crazy, crazy week and and uh, so much going on, um, you know, I'm just at a very nice place now <laughs> uh, where I can focus on what is important and and what not the urgent. And I can actually walk away from the urgent for a little while this afternoon and uh, go visit my mother-in-law and hopefully bring her home soon. And, uh, Diane, it has just been a pleasure. And, again, I know you have a newer book uh, that is actually the answer to Stop Living Life Like an Emergency. And that book for our listeners is called 30 Days to Grace. And, again, you can find uh, Diane's information uh, on our uh, website for those who are members of Executive Girlfriends Group. We've got all of her contact information and how you can order her book. But, Diana, I know you also are a uh, one of the, the highest-ranking uh, public speaker uh, categories. You're a, a certified speaking professional. So if someone wants to get in touch with you to speak to their organization, how can they get in touch with you? Um, well, uh, the best way would be my, just by, through my website, dianesieg.com, D-I-A-N-E-S-I-E-G, Dot com and, and and on the on the website for executive girlfriends I have all my contact information but the website's the best way perfect 
Perfect. And then also, if if they would like to follow you on social media, do you list any of the the social media contacts? Uh, absolutely. I see that. Connect yes. with Diane. Okay. Well, terrific, Diane. It has just been delightful, and I just so enjoyed, um, you know, just your perspective and. Uh, I love that you're a mindfulness coach because I think often <laughs> we aren't mindful about the impact of what we do. And uh, I love your tagline, health, happiness, and the bottom line. <laughs> well, thank you, Chickie. It's, it's been a pleasure. And um, I'm so glad that timing is, is always um, important, and I think this was probably a really good topic for you. And well, I, it was, and you, you weren't even originally scheduled to be our guest, which is, you know, sometimes that's, you know, God's little gift to me that, uh, you know, he knows what I need to hear. My husband yeah. keeps saying, now, why do you keep having that radio show? You know, can't you just stop because I've been doing it for five years? Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, I do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we were supposed to have Laura Stack as our guest, and I, I've uh, interviewed Laura uh, a number of times uh, in the past. So uh, she was going to be revisiting us, but uh, I so appreciate her referring us to you because, again, this was exactly what I needed today. Well, I'm I'm so glad. I'm, I'm in timing. I, I believe there are no accidents, and I believe this is this is a Absolutely. gift. So um, I appreciate the opportunity, and um, I would love to hear about your va- the vacation you're going to schedule, Chicky. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it's either a seaborne cruise or a river cruise in Europe. Those are the two that really, really appeal to me. <laughs> Sounds fabulous. Well, I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording and uh, then would just like to to say goodbye privately. But thank you to our listeners uh, for joining us. And if you'd like to learn more about the Executive Girlfriends Group, you can go to executivegirlfriendsgroup.com. That is our public site, and it lists our upcoming shows and information about our organization. And, uh, again, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next week.